Hey folks, we're going to do something a little different and take it way back to the beginning on this particular episode. Looking forward to sharing with you some of the notes that I've remembered as I drew over the introduction to Mistress Anna and other... I should really know the name of these titles before I put them on the thing. Mistress Anna and Other Sizzling Erotica published this book back in 2004 through Renaissance eBooks, which is now SizzlerEditions.com, a subset of Renaissance eBooks. This is a collection of short stories, and when we come back from the little interlude, uh, we'll talk to you about these stories and share some really personal shit with you guys. Stick around. Hey, folks. Um, we're back. I hope you're enjoying this new format. I'm not even sure which microphone is being is picking up on my voice right now. It's either the iPhone headphones or it's the jack at the potentially the front of my laptop. Anyway, we're going to carry on as though it doesn't matter. And hopefully the quality will stay decent. In the intro, I talked about doing a segment this week on an old collection of erotica tales that I'd written. And that was called Mistress Anna and Other Sizzling Erotica. And what it was, where is it? Here it is. A collection of about 15 stories, give or take, most of which I had written for a variety of, of other publishing places, venues, when e-zines were still a thing, and they paid. And I got paid pretty, I wouldn't say I made tons of money off of it, but 20 bucks here, 30 bucks there, 50 bucks there, it all adds up after a while. I remember one day I had a spreadsheet of every single place I'd sent a story to, and how much they paid me, or if I just got exposure. And at that time, it was okay for me to get just exposure. Now, I won't do that shit anymore. But uh, looking at the storyline, yeah, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Okay, yeah, 14 stories. And I can tell you the last one is actually 10,000 words in length because it was aimed at a publishing venue that wanted romance stories, but they wanted the sex as well. Because this is back when publishing houses like Alora's Cave were just getting off the ground, and Sizzler Editions was not yet the arm of Renaissance eBooks, but Renaissance eBooks was a traditional e-publishing house that took everything in and published it all. Didn't matter if it was sci-fi or fantasy or erotica or romance. It didn't really do romance because it wasn't a thing at the time in ebooks. But so just to get you guys a little history on, on the publishing industry. Looking at these stories, I know I've mentioned a couple times in interviews that uh, you know they are they are personal on some level. You guys have figured out by now that there's almost always somebody tied to me in a novel that I've written. The, the latest case in point is, is not, not necessarily a love letter for her, if you see that hashtag, but that is probably the latest, I guess. But the latest one before that would have been when I put her and another soulmate and another soulmate in the same body of a, a heroine. And in a previous book, I put 
a male friend of mine in his story. I didn't realize I was doing that until I was halfway through the story. So you guys can kind of figure out that this is, yes, I do this for the money. Yes, I'm chasing after the money in the publishing industry. I want it. I deserve it. My work is that good. I should be paid well for it. But what makes me different from a lot of writers is not that I necessarily get tied to the story per se, even though I do. It's that I get tied to the person in particular who helps spawn the story. Case in point, without ducksing anybody, my notes in the introduction say demise, but I'm pretty sure Chick in Stew also is the same woman. As a friend of mine I met many years ago, we used to, um, she used to work at the gas station late at night. And after she got off work, she'd come over and pick me up. And we'd go to Denny's and hang out till four in the morning or later, depending on, because she didn't have to worry about the kids yet. Husband took care of that shit at the time. We just hang up. We got pretty close. Not going to lie, and she knows still to this day, I lust after her, and I can, you know. But um ended up putting her in two different stories. We, we were both fans of the BDSM world. I had much more experience at the time than she did, even though it was minute compared to what I have now. But we both liked that. She encouraged my cross-dressing a little bit. She was a great friend. She listened. We just spent a lot of time together, talking on the phone for hours at a time kind of deal. I was single, mostly. I believe my ex came into the picture shortly around 2005, 2004. Might have been a little earlier. I don't remember offhand. But I can tell you that since my ex isn't mentioned in the dedication of this novel, I presume she actually wasn't around until a year later. Yeah, see, I go right into the book. I don't have a copy of this, by the way, so I know I'm kind of rambling, but I can't go through the actual stories other than the snippet at the front of Mistress Anna to talk about them in detail. I can tell you that one of the stories in here is called... No, I thought that was in here. I guess I'm glad the audio recording failed three times on my phone before I moved to my laptop. I thought Tradition was in here, but no, Tradition's in the very first erotic collection I put out. Sensualities, by the way. Promoter's fantasy is probably the dirtiest bisexual thing I've ever written and is a personal fantasy or was a personal fantasy of mine many years ago. There is a catch to that now that doesn't have to be bothered with. Um, man, so many... I thought I had more to give you guys off this. I think, I think office assistant... I'm trying to think about office assistant because I think office assistant is also part of a triad of stories that I wrote when I had to do some community service for a food bank. There was this older woman there who had a lovely, lovely body and she had this gorgeous dark curly hair. And I, I didn't have the uh, chutzpah to go up and say, Hey, you want to do the thing? I didn't even know she was married, quite frankly. I didn't care either, but not that it would stop me. Um, but I put her into a story. Again, uh, the rest of this might be back in sensualities. I haven't dealt with these stories in forever. I can tell you empty is probably the alt. No, I know what empty is. Another friend of mine 
that uh, I wrote the story for her, told her I was going to do it. I wrote a happily for now ending. And then um, I wrote the version, I wrote the ending alternatively on my website. I don't know why I can't speak today for whatever stupid reason either. But I can't, apparently. So there you go. The introduction talks about the fact that we put in a lot of heart into our stories. And I can tell you that's true. You've heard me ramble on for seven and a half minutes now about people I care about, people I cared about, people I've known. Various things go into these stories that make them more so than just a piece of an asset for me to sell. And that's really kind of what it boils down to. This is kind of, since I can't or shouldn't be with that particular person or have no desire to be with them, but I want to see them happy, then I can let them live on in a, in a positive light with good sex in an anthology such as this. And the stories did well for various designs. Like I said before, I've never had any trouble trying to push a story onto some publisher. And I am bleeding again. Great. Um, what else can I tell you guys about this? I had a lot of stories in this particular anthology that were femdom-centric because I thought I was a submissive, or at least a switch. Um, turns out I'm not. I'm a full-on fucking headstrong alpha male dominant, but you already knew that. Okay, so the story behind Chick Institute does involve my friend from Denny's because I'm looking at the intro and it says mentioning a pizza joint I used to work for. And when I worked for that particular pizza company for the month of June, I was a pain in her ass. You're not supposed to drink on the job. Well, fucking Elremark was right the hell next to us, and them kids didn't care if I asked for a beer. I always asked for it after my shift was over. And I understand that's, that's uh, what do you call it? It's theft. I didn't pay for it. I didn't have to. Um, I was a pain in the ass about that. I would eat, a, I'd have a little personal pizza. That was allowed, but, you know, getting water and shit, supposed to, supposed to basically keep it fairly clean. Plus, I came to work a lot high, primarily because I couldn't eat pizza day in and day out and be at a shift on my feet for 12 hours a day, making eight bucks an hour if I didn't have something in my system to keep me going. I needed the money because it was going towards what's now de uh, extinct, the California California Culinary Academy. I think so. Anyway, the goal with that funds were to get a down payment, to get a loan, to go into front of house HRM uh, management and eventually become a sommelier. My passion in alcohol has always been wine. Yes, I drink whiskey. Yes, I drink beer. I'll drink vodka on occasion. But I'm a, I'm a wine person. I like the culture much more than I do anything else in alcohol. Though I'm getting to appreciate scotch as I get older. Culture-wise, I've always appreciated scotch. Um, looking back here. Yeah, that's kind of what I got, folks. I don't have a whole lot of... Uh, memories anymore about this now that I've tried to tell this this piece three different fucking times and it's failed all three times blame the equipment and my lack of know-how about it but we're gonna go to the little snippet break here and let you guys marinate for about five seconds or whatever it is and then I'll come back and chill the krill all right
This has been this week's episode of Stories Behind the Stories. Thank you for listening. My Patreon subscribers, as always, I appreciate you guys. And if you want to spread the love, please do so. Link to this podcast is in the bottom description. If you're catching this after my Patreon subscribers and wish to check out what that's all about and get first updates and looks at new things as well as old, the Patreon link is in the bottom and any contribution you can give is certainly appreciated. If you just want to get something for your money, that's even better. Go to my Amazon link and I've got several titles across the entire industry of romance to choose from. Everything from contemporary romance to BDSM to science fiction romance and fantasy as well. As always, I appreciate all of you guys. Feel free to share the link wherever you go or with whoever you want. I don't really care. As long as the word and message of mine is spread. That sounded totally cheesy. Anyway, until next time, thank you once again. Cheers.